0: To another exciting episode of church and other drugs sup bitches how'd you, did you i gotta figure out a good way to do the intro man i'm jay i'm jed and together we <laughs> are <laughs> church and other drugs
1: the ambiguously gay duo Dude, that is
0: the funniest cartoon ever it's so
1: funny, it's so funny. i bet that's a generation okay. gap
0: anyway um, it could be so what's going on in your world? I got some news.
1: Um, not a whole lot. Been traveling a lot, which is you know always interesting, but um, certainly not as interesting as your news. I'm sure, sh- you know, sure.
0: E- How would you know you're finding this out for the first time?
1: We don't have to lie to our congregation.
0: You say that every time, but I prefer. I still think lying to people is what they want.
1: It, that's definitely could be true.
0: That's true. Um, I am Hepsi free, dog.
1: Woo, 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 woo. Yeah.
0: So I was, I think I, I think I'm, did I even mention this before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't want to tell the whole story a before I asked my wife and I asked her and she said it was fine and B till I found out I was cured and I am. So if anyone in the congregation is a drug addict and happened to get the old hep C, you, you could totally get it cured with this new drug they got. It's awesome and real easy to do. So, Holla. so how I so how I originally got this whole deal. So it turns out from the very first needle I used when I was 17 years old, I got Hep.
1: Best luck ever.
0: Best luck ever. It was very much like a fucking after-school special. Like
1: <laughs> he'd smoked weed three days before. Yeah, I
0: then- I, d- I did one marijuana and I got Hep C. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so that's really what kind of catalyzed me going into treatment for the first time because back then the treatment was something called Pegasus interferon, which is like it's basically is that like chemo. Basically, um, it is you take interferon and you take ribavirin, which is a, a pill, and the interferon is an injection, which is the cruelest of all ironies. They you have to. Shoot yourself up in the stomach once a week for 58 weeks. Uh, and every time you do it, you like I would. eight would, weeks? Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's why they were trying to get me into long term treatment because they wouldn't treat you if you're still using or if you failed a drug test. So, and mine like was pretty. Uh, my liver was pretty jacked like really quickly. So they needed the yeah. treatment to go through. Uh, one of the side effects is one in 10 patients commit suicide as a side effect because it's so Ooh, heinous. Lord. Like when you, when you inject yourself, I did it on a Friday. You would feel like you had the flu for the next three, three to four days. Your, your hair would thin, uh, your appetite's all jacked up, but the mental confusion is like the worst part of it. So, so I did that. Um, it was like my fifty fifty eight weeks. Yeah. Well, I was on week like 54 or something. It, it was, uh, I'd gotten rid of it then, um, or I'd like pushed it into remission. And um, so I was dating, I'd just gotten out of treatment. I was 18. I was dating a girl that I'd just met outside of treatment in Baton Rouge. And I went on a home pass to South Carolina, and I met up with my ex-girlfriend that I'd been using with originally, um, just one Mm -hmm. weekend. And we ended up sleeping together, and that was it. And I came home, just forgot all about it. And like a month later, she called me and told me that she was pregnant, and so I freaked out. A because the doctor had told me if you get like they were like, do not get anyone pregnant while you're on this medicine because the baby will be like unimaginably deformed and if it lives and just it's they're like, do not get some yeah. And then B, I was just like, I can't handle like my head was just so screwed up I couldn't handle this, so I had to. My current girlfriend saw, oh, I convinced my girlfriend to have an abortion, which is the biggest regret of my life, and we could probably have a whole episode on that, but I'm just here to tell the truth, people, um, and this is just my experience, and so my girlfriend was, like, seeing, like, the day it happened, my girlfriend, my current girlfriend, was like, oh, she could see that I was visibly shaken up. And she was like, What's wrong? What's wrong? And I was like, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. She was like, What is wrong? And I finally was like, My ex girlfriend had an abortion. And she was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And I was like, No, 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 no. You don't understand. Like, it was mine. And she was like, And you could just see it put two and two together. And then she just started beating the shit out of me and threw me out of her house. And it was like so, such a movie. It was raining, and I had to walk home. Oh, oh, dude! And then I had to call my mom and tell. And it was just. And so after that, like the next day, I just decided to kill myself, and that's when yeah. I, that's when I relapsed because. <laughs> and so because of the suicide attempt, they they had to take me off early. So that was my first experience uh, with all. The, and
1: then. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, and the doctor wouldn't even. So what happened then was. Four years later, I had that serious overdose while I was in the coma. And because my immune system plummeted, it resurfaced. It was such a traumatic event that it came back. Mm-hmm. And because I tried to kill myself, the doctor would no longer accept the liability of me, of him treating me again. So I was in this right. limbo until this, like, new miracle drug, Harvani, just came out. And
1: uh, boom,
0: eight weeks, and I'm cured, baby. No craziness, no nothing. Whoa, 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 what?
1: Yeah. You have enough craziness already. Dude, that's what I'm extra. saying. I'm,
0: I'm looking forward no, I'm to uh, to being clear-headed. Apparently, there's, like, a noticeable difference when you're – I've still got, like, four weeks left of the pill. Um, and then apparently, it's head's supposed to feel a lot clearer and stuff.
1: Oh, that's what's... uh, Yeah, man. Congratulations. That's awesome.
0: Thanks, dude. I ended up telling... I had to tell my story last night. Uh, It was unplanned for. It was a birthday night at one of our meetings, and no one had a birthday. So my friend was like, Jed, you're going to come talk. And I was like, fuck, okay.
1: For for, a 45-minute pitch? Uh,
0: I did it like 35. I could have gone longer, yeah. But I I, I told that part for... I don't think... I usually don't tell that part because it's, you know...
1: It's, it's super personal. Yeah,
0: it's pretty personal. But it's at the same time, yeah. the more you tell it, the more you realize that like a good forty percent of the people in the room can relate. Yeah, and so, if you
1: can't help the new guy, then why you know and everybody yeah. and everybody in the situation is okay with it, like then why wouldn't you? Exactly.
0: Right? And I'm I'm finally getting to that point where uh telling the truth, there's just no real way it's a bad thing. You know what I mean? If, if someone wants to, like, oh, yeah. make fun of me for that, then, like, okay, go on with yourself, bruh. But, like, otherwise, Ex- yeah.
1: Except when it comes to lying to the congregation. Then you're
0: all That's for it. true. You know what, congregation? I owe you an amends. I uh, I would never lie to you. I, I, I I love d- you, baby. I love you. I love you so much. Um, uh, speaking
1: of speaking of the congregation,
0: yeah, we got some. We do you have? We have a couple shout outs.
1: Um, first shout out to that's, that's the, the wackest, whole congregation.
0: What was that? A, what was that? Trying to do a brr. Wait, that was bad too. Bruh.
1: That wasn't any better. Let's just. Can you let me talk now? I guess continue to talk yes I, I i would appre- I'd appreciate that um first shout out to the entirety of the congregation nobody's giving me shit about john wick this week so that i mean i put that one in the plus column am i right i'm right appreciate. yeah congregation Much that's pre- that's a that's, a, that's a load that of malarkey
0: work. please somebody donate a dollar and just write jay needs to watch john wick I'll pay you back, dude. Like if it's that serious, <laughs> I'll pay you back. Just direct message me and we'll work this out. Don't let me down, congregation, please.
1: It's not uh, apparently they don't want me to watch it either cuz it's such garbage.
0: Whatever. That's man. the message. Mo- whatever, dude, move on. That's, you know, objection. <laughs> <laughs> that no, that no, good no good evidence. No good yeah. No good evidence. Overruled.
1: So <laughs> I call a subpoena. Um, (laughs)
0: Subpoena. Jeez. Shoutouts.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Shoutouts. So, we do have... I do have one more shoutout, though. Can I get a drum roll, please? Again. I need a drum. We need a drum roll sound effect. (laughs) We have another Patreon. Patreon. He didn't leave his last name. His first name is Eric, though. Eric. And he has a super sweet beard. Does he? Is he Eric the Red? Oh yeah. He's Eric the Bearded. Oh,
0: nice. Seriously, Eric. Appreciate Eric, it, my man. But Eric Beard Beard Fosse. Would, Just Eric, let me ask you this. Would it have been so much trouble to write John Wick?
1: He doesn't want me to see John Wick, dude.
0: Eric. Obviously. Next month.
1: He's saving me the pain oh,
2: dude, of, of what seeing Keanu ever. Wicks and another Seriously, y'all tweet movie. me,
0: what is it gonna take? To make Jay watch this mother effing movie, like what do I need to do? Well, how do I need to sweeten the pot? You know, just give me something.
1: Just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. They love me too much to make me. <sighs> that's the, that speaking track.
0: of speaking of complete and utter horseshit. Uh... Your face. Oh wow, wow, anyway. that was very good. So speaking of very good, how about this? I'm gonna stop saying that because that's a really dumb line but uh we have a pretty uh what's the word highfalutin interview today
1: i don't think that's the right word
0: yeah sure it is highfalutin he's like got titles and stuff
1: (laughs) (laughs) he is awesome it is awesome and we did learn we did learn a lot yeah
0: it's, it's informative ryan hampton of facing addiction he's an advocate for recovery reform he writes for the huffington post all around rad dude who's who's making waves in the uh recovery community at a governmental level is that right yes
1: so listen listen and go do as he says yeah for
0: sure yeah and uh All right, so we are here with Ryan Hampton. What's up, Ryan? Hey
2: guys, what's
3: going on? It's good to be here.
1: How Thanks you are coming on from sunny Pasadena?
3: <laughs> it is sunny, that's for sure. I know. It's, uh, it's great. How how are you guys doing?
0: Pretty good, good, man. Getting over a cold. Seems like I'm. Seems like as soon as I got sober, uh, the sickness followed shortly thereafter, and all I do is catch colds for a living now.
1: Yeah, I have the East Coast aller- east coast allergies are happening.
0: That's probably yeah, so. what it is. Y'all don't have pollen out there, do you?
3: Um, I do. I mean, I, I I had the flu for like a week, like a month ago. It was Ugh. the worst thing ever, but uh, man, I got through it. Yeah, good. Cool,
1: man. Well, thanks again for coming on. And, um, you know, for those uh, who don't know you, um, give us a little bit about yourself.
3: Sure. Um, you know, I... My recovery date's February 2nd, 2015. Um, I got sober here in Pasadena, California uh, as a result of, uh, you know, getting scholarship into uh, treatment, uh, which was a blessing. I had a, kind of a, a real hell of a time uh, finding recovery and public resources and was kind of booted out of a uh, public detox center. Um, mm mm-hmm. And, you know, was terrified and, and was able to, to actually get in somewhere. Um, you know, I, I mean, like everybody else's, I think, uh, you know, our stories are are not too unique. Um, yeah. You know, I, I went to, I went to uh, sober living um, after getting sober and I was in a recovery residence for some time and uh, about, you know, seven or eight months um, into, uh, you know, early recovery, I started you know, experiencing something that I, you know, I mean, I had I had been using for over a decade, and uh, yeah. within a period of, of a short few uh, weeks, a lot of people close to me started dying of uh, you know heroin and opioid related overdoses. Yeah. Uh, some were rum- some were roommates, uh, some were friends that I had gotten sober with, uh, all from our, our community. Um, we,
0: we just did an episode on that. That's been happening a a lot, a lot. lately. A lot.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we actually here in Orange County, I mean, I'm in, I'm in LA County, but in Orange County, uh, they had nine in the last 48 hours, which is just insane. Ooh, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's been a lot. And, um, I, you know, um, I was very ashamed of, uh, you know, my past and I was, you know, scared to talk about it. And I, you know, aside from family and really close friends and those in my recovery community, I, You know, I, I was, um, you know, very fearful about, I wouldn't even go on Facebook or, you know, anything. I wouldn't talk about my recovery outside of, you know, my own personal recovery program. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um,
0: had you been trying to, to get sober for a while or, or were you a one and done guy?
3: No, I, I, I'd been to treatment multiple times. I had been, uh, I had tried multiple, multiple attempts at recovery, Right. um, you know, and I never, you know, I, I just never really gave myself a shot. You know, I'd never really yeah. done. I, I never really grasped on to a to a recovery program like I have this time. Um, so it, 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 that was a game changer for me. You know, but I, I mean, friends started to die. Um, I'll, I'll give you the abbreviated version. I mean, friends started to die. And my best friend and I, who who lived in the same sober living, you know, really got angry about it. and We wanted to do something. And um, sure. I authored, uh, you know, I I, kind of decided to to get political, right? And it was a result of finding uh, a nonprofit called Facing Addiction. Um, I found them on Facebook Live uh, during the Unite to Face Addiction concert um, in October of 2015, linked up with them, uh, started learning and educating myself uh, much more about, uh, you know, what was wrong, what was going on, what the barriers to treatment were, uh, why public, why more public resources weren't available. Um, and everything kind of led to one thing. And that was that there were, you know, uh, the numbers out there really show, I mean, the, the data, the, the hard data from the government, is about 20, you know, 21 to 22 million people who are, uh, suffering, you know, oh, for, that's... Some, for some in, in the United States for some sort of substance use disorder, uh, and there's another 23 million people just in the United States in living in long-term recovery. So that's yeah. 45 million people. Um, when you compound that number by their direct family, uh, you know, the people closest to them, it becomes one in three Americans. Um, about On average, about one in three Americans that are affected or afflicted wow by substance use disorder that's and, crazy uh, it's nuts right and i didn't know that you know until like a little bit under two years ago uh, and i'm looking at these numbers and you know talking to my friends and i'm like this is nuts you know i mean this is like a huge constituency like yeah i yeah. didn't know you know i mean it's a lot of people
0: it's not you know? some drop in the bucket it's yeah, and that's that's yeah. what we've noticed uh, after doing this podcast is like, well, are we kind of a niche audience? But then we realize that basically everyone you know knows someone that is addicted, has been addicted, is in recovery, has needs to be in recovery, or something like that. And yeah, right. I, I was telling Jay what what drew me to, to your cause is because that's that's kind of what I've been screaming. Um, I've been to 18 treatment centers. Treatment absolutely saved my life. Yeah, a bunch of times. I've been to, you know, insurance covered mine for a long time. And then I went to the state funded. I went to the work your way out. You know, I've been to every different type. And so now um, I've been sober since September of 2014. And so trying to get other people into treatment. And just recently, um, within I think the past two years, Louisiana dropped their public, their state funded treatment centers. So even those now cost like $1,500, 2600 And I've been trying to get a buddy of mine sober and into treatment for years. And he finally, you yeah. know, called me with that window of willingness and was like, Hey man, I need to get into treatment. I was like, all right, good. And from that phone call till when he got into treatment was about a month, which yep. was like, it's a miracle. He finally made it, but like
1: that's it's a miracle. He still wanted to go. That's what I'm saying. And that's a, like, that's, you know,
0: that's the problem is when people are finally willing to go, it's like, okay, well then where's the help? How do I actually get these people into treatment?
3: Yeah. Right. And I've seen, I mean, and, and you know, part, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll walk you a little bit down what happened. Right. And so I, I looked at these numbers and I was like, wow, this is crazy. Uh, and it all kind of led to one thing. Well, for a lot of different reasons. And I respect everybody's personal recovery and what is behind that. But for a lot of different reasons, um, we have been a silent, you know, a, a silent marginalized community in yeah. this country. Um, yeah. and if you were to, you know, if everybody, I mean, theoretically, if everybody were to raise their hand in this country, who's affected or afflicted by substance use disorder, um, I mean, we could be electing, like, presidents who are, like, re- in recovery. Yeah. You know, I mean, like... Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, you it, got you a know, point I mean,
0: there.
3: You know, and uh, if we're going to affect change, I, I started to figure out early on, if we're going to affect change, then we need to identify, you know, and we need to make this an issue, and we need to mm-hmm. vote on it, and we need to call members of Congress, and we need to, by one person telling their story, we can inspire another. So I, you know, ran for delegate to the... um democratic national convention and it was like a small we didn't think that i had a shot and you know we we went around and organized mostly recovering heroin addicts uh young people who had never registered to vote and you know i authored a blog um for a uh, recovery website first time telling my story my addiction and recovery story publicly ever and kind of went it went wild it went viral you know, some other media people picked it up and there was this great response. And I, I'm like, wow. So if that's the response to my story and my story is nothing special at all, you know what I mean? It's, right. we all have really incredible stories of, 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 hope and inspiration. I'm like, so if that was the effect of mine, what would it be of the effect of, you know, my best friend or the effect of the people that live with me or like, what if there's a group of us that start to tell it, you know, like what, yeah. what effect would that have? And, so that's what we started to do and we did it by you know, running for the DNC and um, went to this caucus and there were all these you know, hundreds of people there that we didn't know and uh, we told our stories and we told them why we were doing this and what I found which really blew my mind that day and was kind of like the nexus for everything that's happened is every person I told my story to, my recovery story um, they had a story and it was like I have a alcoholic you know, household. My granddaughter died of a heroin overdose. I'm in long-term recovery, or I I know everybody was willing to talk about it and open about it, and that it was kind of like right then and there that I was like, we have to be loud about this. Well, Interesting.
0: And, and I I would say I uh, think oh, know, oh.
3: which is led, you know, we talked about it. Go ahead.
0: Oh, I was gonna say. I- I don't know if you've encountered this problem, but like you remember, um, Nick Chef, the guy that wrote um, tweet? Absolutely, yeah, tweet, yeah, and yep. he, you, yep. you remember his like re, like public relapse on the news and stuff, or like he was doing a. I, th- I feel like that's since relapse is part of this deal, right. it's it's almost like that's that's what people that uh, go against this cause would use as fodder, like the people that are telling their stories, it's like, well, you better damn sure never relapse again or therefore I'm throwing out the baby with the bathwater and your entire story is, is not valid. And you see, that's why treatment doesn't work because it doesn't have this instant, it's not um. It's not, it's not necessarily. forget it. Yes, yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess my response to that would be... Um, first of all, I mean, that's just like, to me, hearing that is just crazy. Oh, yeah. People say that to me because it's like, okay, so, um, you know, totally agree. Somebody has cancer, you know, and their cancer (laughs) comes back. Does that mean that like cancer treatment, we should just throw it out the window? You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We should just, we should just stop looking at the science behind cancer and investing in cancer and hoping that people recover because, treatment doesn't work all the time and people yep. have you know relapse and you know i mean then you could look on the flip side of it and look at ben affleck i mean here's a guy who came back from a relapse very publicly very recently and was just showered with empathy and love and compassion and i think it's a changing of the time it
0: too, is right? slowly it's it's getting away from the we're f- it's slowly we're getting away from the fact that it's a moral failing or it's, in- or it's a-, a matter of willpower. And we're-, we're slowly moving into the direction of people realizing that this is a, a medical concern.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, I-, I feel like it has to be at least in, in part an education issue, right? Oh, for totally. People that aren't afflicted or know somebody that's afflicted. Yep. Understanding the nature of the disease. Um, for me, so for me, I don't disclose... Um, that I'm in recovery so I've been sober for since uh, January 17th of '09, and I don't oh, you I just have, did. Uh, well I do I do actually I go by a pseudonym on this podcast so I don't so it's okay. interesting I wanted to talk to you about anonymity um, and, right. uh, and honestly I don't know how I feel about it so like I'm not try- I don't take a hardline stance that I know everything um, but right. the reason that I do is um, I have a career I'm a marketing executive um in a in a in a very old school agency and i'm not sure how um my clients or my bosses would feel about having a gutter drug addict running a whole division of their agency
0: deep in the the bible belt as well
1: well, yeah let me
0: let me so
3: let's yeah no i so i think there's a couple i have I, i i respect that i mean I think there's, um, you know, personal anonymity is very personal. I mean, that is a very personal decision for you and people have to yeah. make that decision based on, cons- you know, they have to weigh the options and, um, you know, for you, that's, you know, one day you may feel that it is right to do that. And that's, that is completely, your right. It's a very personal thing. Sure. Um, I, I, would tell you though, that you are not a gutter, uh, junkie. You're a person living in recovery from substance use disorder you know, your life has changed. You're not that, you're not the person you used to be. Um, and you, and I think, you know, in your workplace, probably your colleagues respect you for who you are today, not who you used to be. Um, you know, and I think the more, and it all comes down to awareness, um, you know, and and kind of a societal shift, which has been happening as a result of people telling their stories, in my opinion. Right. And sure. and, And more at the higher level. And, um, you know, but then anonymity on the other side, you know, I, I, I personal anonymity is personal anonymity. That's what it is. I mean, and I, I understand the reasons behind that. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, flip side of that though, is, uh, I'm nobody to tell you what to do with your own anonymity, but don't you tell me what to do with right. mine yeah, because sure. the way that anonymity, you know, and I don't, and, and the way I deal with anonymity, cause I'm very public about, my story mm-hmm. and what i'm doing i you won't hear me on this podcast or in any other public forum talk about my recovery program right i'll talk about my recovery right. program but i won't talk about my recovery program if you see if you get what i'm saying
1: right absolutely you right. won't identify any program and, that you're in specifically and to, 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 i totally get that to the yeah. un,
0: to the uninitiated we're um, we're talking about essentially the anonymity principle of um, specific 12 step fellowships where uh, it's like a uh, secondary bylaw um, to where we remain anonymous at the level of press, radio, and film. Just, I'll just to define, just example. to define some terms.
3: I had an article come out um, in Forbes magazine, like really publicly, about my story and what I'm doing with the Voices Project and what I'm doing. I saw that. Kudos, you know. by the way, on that article. Thanks, man. No, it was yeah. great. And and I do not there's no part in that article that talks about my recovery, my personal recovery program, which is very personal to me. So the article goes up on social media on a bunch of different platforms. And there was one specific platform Uh, in the comments. People are just hammering at, at, at me through the article being like, what about the traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous? There's nothing Mm -hmm. humble about this article. You know, we're supposed to remain anonymous at the level of press radio and film and you know, call it like this isn't what AA or NA is about and not to right. knock. Listen, I'm a huge fan of 12 step fellowships. Thank God. For yeah. Me. Huge, huge fan. Like there's no bigger fan as Donald Trump would say. There's no bigger fan than, than me. You know what I mean? <laughs> he loves, the, he loves them bigly. <laughs> I love 12 steps. Bigly, really bigly. And, uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the, what was kind of paradoxical about that was who was going on? Like, they were breaking tradition, that tradition by going on and, and, so and <laughs> making more into an issue that, that wasn't even there. You know what I mean? And so it's like it, it is, it, you know. And, and I think you know, you talk to people who've been around for a long time and people who really have studied the steps. And and I'm yeah. talking like get it, like. Um, and I've talked to a lot of them because I've had to do a lot of you know research during 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 this uh, venture the last two years. Um, people just get it dead wrong yeah people oh absolutely so yeah. absolutely
1: and i think that you're exactly right um in that breaking in it breaking that quote-unquote tradition of those 12-step programs is about keeping that 12-step program out of the fray right and that's where jed's your original like what if people say xyz about people going out that's where that comes in right yeah. is it those 12-step programs want to keep themselves safe from naysayers
3: by keeping their, their name out of the fray, but let's so, look, I mean, and- but, 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 it, but we have to have like a, a con, I mean, cause a lot of this talk that we're having right now, I mean, this is talk that was going on 10, 15, 20 years ago. I oh, mean, let's look at it 2017, like current today, like this is in a, like we are in a public health crisis of epic proportions, you mm-hmm. know, 91 people are dying per day from opioid related overdoses. 350 people per day just in the United States are dying from substance use disorder, which includes alcoholism, Uh, 125,000 people per year. I mean, in the last... Four years. Enough people have died in this country to wipe out the entire population of Atlanta. Like I mean, (laughs) you know. So I mean, like you look at those numbers and you're like, we're in a crisis. Like we have all these options on the table, yet we're going around talking about, well, let's not let's not talk about recovery too publicly because it might offend somebody, or let's not talk about any specific program. Okay, that's your personal choice. But if you are And and I'm not without disclosing my recovery program. If you look at the history of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, there's a woman named Marty Mann, who was Bill Mm -hmm. Wilson's sponsee, who founded the National Council on uh, Alcoholism and Substance Abuse. Um, And that entire organization, which still is alive today, its purpose is to advocate. For reforms for people with substance use disorders, it is to bring to light the fact that it, this is not a shrouded disease. It is a disease. Marty Mann right. went around and made talks where she wrote books about it. Bill Wilson told her, hey, I can't do this, you know, because I found it, AA, but you can. Right. You know, and, and, you know, Bill Wilson actually testified before the United States Congress on alcoholism. So I mean, what's going on right now that that, you know, me, that I'm doing, that my best friend Garrett's doing, that, you know, our community's doing through, you know, Addiction X America and the Voices Project and Facing mm-hmm. Addiction, this is nothing new. We're standing on the shoulders of giants, and those giants actually happen to be Bill Wilson and Marty Mann. So right.
0: And that's and I yeah. take the the opposite stand from well, not the opposite, but I'm very Everybody knows my my deal uh pretty in and out because and I haven't I have yet to encounter a situation where like telling what's really going on with me and my story has yielded negative results it's always like you said it's always like oh people right. even if people don't say anything at the time people will come up to me later and be like hey what should I do about this this um this guy I'm mentoring or this guy in my family right. and
3: mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat>
0: and that's and as my um my sponsor says you don't want to be so anonymous that no one knows who the hell you are because then how are they going to ask you for help? That sort of thing.
3: Yeah. And and, and I'm not, listen, I'm, I I mean, you know, certain programs may have anonymous after them, but you know, Ryan Hampton, I'm not anonymous. I don't have
2: to be anonymous as a person,
3: you know?
0: And, and it's, it seems like, like I love what Russell Brand has like been doing in the UK with like tons and tons of trying to get it in the public eye and who so who else is going for this over in the u.s who who's on our team who's who's making waves right now and what's what is the this voice project you keep speaking of yeah the voices <laughs> project so i mean I'll, I'll i mean who's on our team i mean you you oh, that's oh sorry real quick uh yeah, the yeah. one thing isn't trump's uh, brother an alcoholic and like he's actually like potentially so pushing Trump's, for some reform no,
3: no Trump's brother so Trump's brother Fred actually died of alcohol okay
0: yeah. oh um,
3: so Trump I mean Trump has been is a person who's been personally affected by this um you know and I'll get to Trump in a second you know the whole purpose of the voices project was um after, you know, we went on this road trip last summer, uh, Garrett and I, and we, we went to these communities that were hit hardest by the addiction crisis and we filmed it and put it on YouTube and got a, a lot of a great response. But when it was over and after the election, cause there was, there's no secret, like I was out there campaigning for Hillary and right. really supported her plan to, to, you know, combat, you know, the addiction crisis in the United States and she lost and people just, you know, kept hitting us both up and they're like, well, now what, ha- now what, you know, I mean, right. now what? and you know, the thought was, you know, yeah, w- Hillary won. Like, you know, we would have gone on and, you know, probably, you know, helped, you know, craft some policy and do some things and, and things may have gone a little bit better or at least how, how we thought they should have gone. You can't speculate because it didn't happen, but the work that we were doing became, Uh, in my opinion, 50 times more important on election Mm. day when it was clear that we lost. And uh, it was more important to get our message across and people wanted to get involved. And I still saw that same void. How are we ever going to hit critical mass if we don't have a a mass population level constituency screaming from the rooftops and saying, look, we're here, we vote, You know, we we live in your community, um, you know, all unless we we see that. So Voices Project was really born to give people, you know, ostensibly a voice through social media. And um, it started out as a very small project, a Twitter account, an Instagram account, a Facebook account with not many people on it at all. (laughs) You know, the, the call to action was, hey, you have a story to tell. You know, we'll tell it through pictures, we'll tell it through content, we'll tell it through video, we'll tell it through Facebook Lives, and um, it just, you know, there's been no uh, board of directors or funding. I mean, we've paid for it out of our own pockets. There's been no ties to special interests. There's been no uh, motive other than just you have a story to tell, tell it. You yep. know, but we want stories for purpose. You know, impact. we want to be storytellers with a purpose. Um, and just, you know, it people started responding and we just started, you know, every night we sit down and like, okay, well what are we doing tomorrow? Like there's no long term strategic plan around this. It's just like tell your story. And the more people that told their stories, the more I mean we get these messages of like this is the first time I'm gonna do this. I'm scared. And they get a they get a reaction that was very positive. And then they come back the next day and say, okay, what's next?
2: Right. So I
3: had to look back at that moment that was for me when I, cause I've gotten very, uh, involved in advocacy now, but it all started that day I told my story and I got that response and I was like, now what's next after I got the response. So I want to, you know, voices project is to lead everyone who is, is joining this project and telling their stories to that same epiphany that I had, which is, I don't need to be fearful. I can go out and Take this offline and talk about it in my community, um, and we're seeing just this crazy response. And um, you know, it's never been about you know one person. I, I've I've gone on the page like twice, maybe. You know, it's about other people doing it, and um, it's pretty. You read some of this stuff; it's some pretty powerful stuff. You know? Well,
1: yeah. So what? What would you?
0: I know you just said there's no like long term goal, but what kind of does a best case scenario look like eventually? Like basically just representation in the government and and with that, trying to stay out of like conspiratorial minded, but would you say that pharmaceutical industries have a vested interest in somewhat pushing back on that, that, keeping that under, not under, yeah, or or downplaying, um, especially the pharmaceutical addiction crisis?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, there is a long term goal, long term goal. You know, it's just kind of how to get there. And we're seeing that every day. Um, But it is to to affect change through people coming out of the shadows and building a constituency of consequence, um, you know, which is really the most important thing, you know, I think for our community. Your question on big pharma. Absolutely. I mean, big pharma is like public enemy number one when it comes to uh, the addiction crisis. However, um, they've been able to get away with a lot. Like, they've been able to get away with murder, right? I mean, essentially murder for years. Yeah. Um, And nobody, until recently, when it comes to opioids especially, nobody has held them accountable because nobody has gotten outraged about it in the numbers that they've started to get outraged. So again, it takes you back to that very simple point of coming out and talking about this and giving your personal story and your personal experience and calling your member of Congress and you know rattling the cages at the White House and demanding, you know, congressional investigations, which is is, are going on right now in Senate banking committees as a result of of parents of law getting up. I mean, look at it. Ten years ago parents were terrified when their kids died of an overdose to, to admit it, let alone put it in their obituary. Yeah. You know, right.
1: I've, yeah. I've seen a lot of that
3: recently. Yeah.
1: Now.
0: Yeah. And, and sadly, now it's just it's just unavoidable. I mean, it's
3: yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> action actionable things. Obviously, we want people to go to the voices project and share their voice. Right. Yeah. You talked yep. about calling your congressman and calling your senators. What you know, what kind of um, advocacy or uh, are there bills out? Like what what sure. are we behind or trying to
3: push? So I would say, you know, uh, ryanhampton.org forward slash voices, submit your story. I'd love to see it and I'd love to feature it. Um, second thing, FacingAddiction.org. um, sign up there. It's America's leading advocacy organization for people with substance use disorder, uh, you know, families. I mean, it, it, we're allies and we're, we're trying to build kind of the American cancer association for addiction.
0: Oh, that'd be, um, sure. that'd be great
3: you know, something awesome. that, that represents us. Um, but actions that you can take right now, I mean, look, we just saw, um, you know, the healthcare, you know, the, the replace and repeal that came out. And while I was hopeful, you know, I've tried to work with the Trump administration on this stuff, even though I didn't vote for the guy, you know, I realized that, you know, we have a Republican Congress and a Republican president. We need to, yeah. at least on this issue, we might be able to find some common ground that bill just ended up being a totally bad bill for our community. And that's all that I cared about. I mean, it, it, it took, it stripped away, you know, Medicaid money that would help people that needed treatment. It was taking away essential yeah. benefits for mental health and substance use disorders, um, amongst other things. And, um, it looks like that may be revived soon. Um, there's talk are about that possibly coming out and, you know, it is going to strip again, um, entitlements and entitlement. When people take entitlements away, you know it does uh, it disproportionately affect uh, our community. Yeah, it just does. Yeah. Are
0: you are y'all in talks it with with the um, NIDA at all? Like, are y'all working together on this? Then
3: sure. I mean, NIDA. I mean, NIDA is is one of our action partners. I mean, we've got the most uh, comprehensive. Um, you know, group of uh, action partners in the country. We've got uh, over 500. Um, oh wow! Uh, some of the large, yeah, like the young people in recovery, NIDA, yeah, uh, you know, faces and voices of recovery, Shatterproof. You know, all the the bigger names um, are all you know part of our action network, and we're working together. Uh, on these things but you know another big thing and and I'll talk about this very quickly that's very personal to me is criminal justice reform Um, yeah Yeah. you know I don't don't believe that you can you know really uh, effectively address the addiction crisis in the United States without uh, addressing the intersection between addiction and criminal justice
1: completely Um, agree
0: yes yeah yeah, I've been well, I won't say victim of it, but I've been involved uh in that system and just how it's it's just such a symbiotic revolving door relationship between defense attorneys, lawyers, sheriffs departments, uh yep. And it's it's all about money and the the fact I'm it's all I mean about I, the money. I absolutely know that I'm not serving a long prison sentence because I have an affluent family and I'm white. And I had a little bit of money. That's like just the absolute truth. And it's...
1: Same thing. Yeah, same here. I have a future, right? I was able to build a career. I got sober young, but I was able to build a career because my white affluent family bought me a good... Paid for a good attorney. Yeah. Yeah. So so here I sit, right? And so I
0: feel like that's going to be the hurdle to cross is convincing these privatized prisons that, hey, uh, we're going to take away your cash crop of low-level drug offenses uh so, right. so sorry about that there goes so that's well and luckily yep. there, there does seem to be um they're cracking down on um prison slave labor and the the high-level companies are backing out finally or a few of them are um yep. so what how I mean, are,
3: we have to i mean we have to you know especially under uh the trump administration and not as much uh president trump as his attorney general uh jeff Sessions. yeah i mean we really yeah. uh, need to be on our toes in terms of not going back to you know just say no not going back to war on drugs because yep.
0: you know, yeah yeah that's he
3: he uh you know i mean he's on the record <laughs> for, for saying that you
0: know, yeah marijuana is great. just as bad as heroin no good people use right. marijuana yeah What are your thoughts on, um, the evolving, um, uh, maintenance industry? Like you, you got methadone, suboxone, and now you've got, uh, marijuana starting in, um, in California. I know they've, and the other legal states, but I I know of of one, uh, um, Joe Schrank started, uh, what is it? High recovery, high sobriety.
3: Yep. High sobriety. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 uh honestly you know right now i i couldn't i just couldn't do it justice to talk about marijuana um i i don't think there's enough data out to even really you know take a a a reasonable you know position (laughs) on it there's a lot of different you know there's a lot i mean it's so new there's just a lot of different date a lot of different opinions on it and you know sure some things seem obvious you know uh especially when it comes to opioids but it's like I, you know, well, I just can't, I, 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 I don't have enough data to really make a decision I, on the marijuana. But I mean, in terms of MAT, I could definitely give you, you know, my personal uh, feelings on that. And yeah, I've got, got my personal
0: feelings too. I, I guess the <laughs> more, <laughs> uh, yeah, personally, it ain't, it ain't for me, but I guess if we're talking about, and I, I'm um, studying to be an addiction counselor, and so what I'm having to realize is that uh, methods of treatment that I don't agree with, I'm going to have to get on board with because some different strokes are different folks. So I guess my question is, if as a goal we have addiction and recovery re- reform, do we get on board with the things we don't necessarily agree with? What do we take and what do we leave? Like, do we join up with the the people championing marijuana for you know what I'm saying?
3: I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't think. There's anybody really championing that in terms of, like, recovery. I mean, I have to look at everything through a lens of, like, recovery, right? Right. I mean, I, I, I don't think there's re- – I mean, I mean, clearly marijuana is you – know, I mean, what is it, legal in, like, 33 states now? And it's and – it's, you, yeah. it, you know, the people are talking about using it for all sorts of different things. But I don't think there's really been enough... I think people are trying to break through to make a... You know, the Joe Strengths of the world. And listen, I love Joe. I mean, yeah, I, Joe do, I do too. One of, I mean, he's... I, I you know, I, I admire a lot of the work he's done. You know, but I, I spoke to him last week. I mean, he's... I mean, they're still in the middle of research around yeah. this. So, sure. you know, it's it's not... Yeah, we're championing not a was strong. But... Like You know, champion or join them. I, I mean, I think they you know the right thing to do would be to to i mean to to, to see the outcomes yeah you know and I cautiously guess, optimistic we've, we've, we've you know and that's kind of been you know big pharma you know i mean that's that's the responsible approach i mean big pharma you know shoved you know for you know lack of a better term a lot of pills down our throat yeah very quickly you know with with bs research um, Yeah. You know, and so I think we need to be very careful of that when it comes to uh, when it comes to marijuana, because at the end of the day, look, it's going to be, you know, mar- big farmers is going to have a big piece of that. So. Oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. But, oh, yeah.
0: And I was I was stuck yeah. on the suboxone train for two and a half years. So.
3: So uh, M.A.T., though, you know, we'll talk about it real briefly. Look, I, you know, I had very strong feelings against it when I was six months uh, sober Um Although I'll tell you, I was I was on Suboxone yeah. for you know the first nine and a half weeks of, of my recovery, and thank God I was because I there were times where I very likely could have gone out and been a statistic today, and it, it kept me alive. Right? Um, you know, but then I, as a result of other people's opinions, not my own educated opinion, I'll tell you, uh, other people's <laughs> opinions, I uh, was very against it. And I traveled the country, and I met parents, and I met people uh, like Patrick Kennedy, who was on Suboxone for close to three years, uh, and now just celebrated five years, of which two of them were uh, abstinent, 100% abstinent. It was a pathway of recovery to him. I have friends of mine who who are on uh, maintenance, uh, medication therapy, and uh, they are live today, and I'm grateful yeah. for that. I've also yeah. seen... It missed, and um, you know, it. it I, I've seen it both ways. Um, but MAT needs to be. It's it's not a magic bullet. It needs to be accompanied right. by recovery supports. It needs to be accompanied by counseling. It needs to be closely medically monitored. Uh, there needs to be a peer to peer component of it, whatever that may be. Um, you know, it's 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 not just a pill or a tab. It can be very effective. It can save people's lives, no doubt about it. But it has—it's—it's it's not a, a silver bullet.
0: Would do you feel like the the spiritual components to a lot of re- recovery programs are a handicap to government involvement, scientific involvement, like? I don't I probably didn't word that question, question right, but,
3: um, no, I don't, I mean, I think, I, I mean, I, it may have been in the past, I, I don't, I don't think so right now, I mean, you go to, uh, look, you go to a doctor, you tell them you've got a, you know, I, would say eight out of 10 doctors, you know, will tell you, hey, have you tried AA? <laughs> yeah, you tried yeah, yeah, try yeah, yeah, that's you true, know, that'll that's be like true, right. that's true. You know, I mean you talk to you know, I, I don't think you hear much talk about it from public policy, but I you know, I know that there's a very popular meeting that happens every single day in the basement of the United States Capitol, you know. Um, really? Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah.
0: That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well Ryan, I think we're uh we're getting close to the end. Um Is there any uh final things you wanna let the congregation know about.
3: I, uh, no, I, you know, I just want to urge anybody that you know is, um, you know, thinking about you know coming out and disclosing their status as a person. You know, it's definitely a personal decision, but um, it could help somebody else. It could actually help save somebody else's life. Um, sure, you know, I'd love people to sign up. You know, more so than at the Voices Project, to sign up at FacingAddiction.org really, you know, learn about us, um, you know, get involved. Um, you know, thank you guys for doing this podcast. I mean, uh, the two of you going out and talking about recovery and, and having an honest dialogue is just admirable. And it, it's amazing. And I hope that, you know, sometime in the future we, we should keep doing this. I'd love to yeah. join you all again. And you, know, Absolutely. I'd love for so. both of you, I'd love for both of you to join the voices project under yeah. real names. If you, if you do it one day, I'm, I, I, I'd be down
1: for it for sure. Okay, I, right? I will. Well, <laughs> I'm certainly, I'm certainly considering it, uh, but we will have links, both of those links in the in our show notes, guys. So you know, if you're so moved, please, we, you know, this is obviously an admirable, cause, yeah. to get behind, absolutely. Um, that both Jed and I support. So,
0: cool. Well, thanks a lot, Ryan. Uh, really enjoyed this, man. We will definitely um, keep in touch.
3: All right. Thanks, guys. All right, bud. Have a good one, man. You too. Bye. We are.
2: What you need, what you need, man, what you need, what you need, yeah, what you see, what you see, yeah, oh, now, well, I need a little something to cut my head off, need a little something to cut my head off, yeah, need a little something because I've been running from a truce, we'll never lose, lies come from loose, teeth tied to the new.
0: Good?
1: So good. So, great. What'd you think? That was awesome. I, I really, it's like really informative. And I'll say this I am really, um, I don't think second guessing is the right word, contemplating and rethinking my idea of anonymity.
0: Me too. Like it, it made me want to take it to like my book study and evangelize that shit. Cause he's got a great
1: point. Oh, absolutely. Like, Absolutely, it, and I think my biggest thing is, you know, I I don't, and it's straight up out of fear that my employer, um, and uh, potential clients, um, will look down on me and limit my opportunities. And I, I think so, that part and of, and I don't it, know if that's a real fear, yeah, it's, or if I'm
0: that's sure it thing. is because, until you successfully remove a stigma, like completely and utterly, like it's there. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think yeah. I think part of it is generational.
1: Oh yeah. And my uh, the agency that I work for is super old school. Yeah, so exactly. That adds to it. If it wasn't, if it was like if I worked in like a nerf gun office, you know what I'm talking about? Um Yo, yeah, be, yeah, yeah. I've always wanted to work in one of those. Like I have. It's not as nearly as fun as you think. It's actually really obnoxious when you stand up and get hit in the side of the head with a nerf dart.
0: I would love that.
1: You I, know me though, like Yeah, you get to I, work! What is, what is this? A school for ants? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, all right, so well, hey, yeah, what's up with this, saw, uh, this article? I saw an
1: article. I saw an article. All it was right. in the local news, whatever, but it was syndicated, which means it was it's from, a story from not my, from my neck of the woods. That's right. Do you that's have right. Do you have the this, this city? West Monroe. Oh, that's Duck Dynasty. That Dynasty Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yep, hey. it sure is. I think this kid is one of the Robertsons, pretty sure. No, he's not. It's actually not. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to read it. An 18-year-o- 18-year-old Louisiana man faces charges for disturbing the peace after he allegedly cursed near a senior citizen.
0: Near, not at?
1: Not at. Uh, <laughs> he was. He was arrested on disorderly conduct, on a disorderly conduct charge on April 8th, According to the report, the complaint stated, while standing next to my 75-year-old complainant, Jared yelled the word fuck and clearly disturbed her peace. Did they write out fuck in the article? Oh, no, it's F asterisk, asterisk,
0: asterisk. So he could have said uh, fart or uh, free
1: or <laughs> uh, fund? That's exactly Fund, yes. Oh, fund. I think this is my favorite part. No witnesses were present at the time. Get out of here. So some 75-year-old so some,
0: some, some cantankerous old 75-year-old man was That's like, This, right. this kid right. said the F word in my vicinity, and I'm not having it.
1: <laughs> Louisiana law defines disturbing the peace as addressing any offensive... Or annoying words to any other person who is lawfully in any street or other public place or call him by any offensive name or make any noise or exclamation in his presence and hearing with the intent to deride, offend, or annoy him or to prevent him from pursuing his lawful business, occupation, or duty.
0: Bruh, that's like the most draconian bullshit I've ever heard in my life.
1: That's crazy. That's literally
0: everything. Like I should have been. I should be doing life then, dude. (laughs) Like,
1: (laughs) we used to like ride down the street just to shout at people. Do you remember when we had the megaphone? Oh, it was incredible. Yeah, dude, we would drive around.
0: We drove around with a box of donuts from Krispy Kreme. And we go, hey, fucker, have a donut. And we were throwing donuts at people <laughs> out of a megaphone. The cops okay. did take it. But ain't nobody arrested us for disturbing the peace.
1: I know. Did the know. kid get oh. charged? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I'm so sorry, convicted. He got charged? No. He got charged. He's actually out on a $200 bomb.
0: Oh, my gosh, dude.
1: If if convicted, he could be fined up to $100 And may be required to spend up to ninety days in jail.
0: You've got to be, wow! And you You know, got to
1: be fucking. Well, here's
0: here's the funniest part about that whole thing: is the day that kid goes to jail for saying the word "fuck." A correctional officer is going to say, "Take your fucking clothes off!" Yeah, like, (laughs) uh, and then maybe he could be like,
1: "Citizen's arrest." You can't do that, sir. The, tape, the tables are turned. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's, the du- that's, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That's I've heard so some crazy, dumb things, is, man.
1: Which is so funny because I've had old people. So in my home group, in my AA home group, right, there's a ton. Well, we have some older folks, right? Some more traditional folks, if you will. Yeah, so and it we. has come up twice, twice since I've been sober in that home group. People wanting to add to our format, you cannot swear during an AA
0: meeting. Never happened that I hate that rule. Even when that is what a rule, is I that? refuse. I refuse.
1: I'm not gonna do it. Here's no. the thing is like we're fucking alcoholics and drug addicts.
0: Yeah, dude. Like
1: what? We have new people coming off of the street. Yeah. And you think that you're gonna tell them to not say fuck? Yeah. Like, serious? Is that really what we're trying to do here? So anyway. Which that's my I like go b- I go
0: back and forth on it. I hate that it's so de- uh, derisive and like I wish it was different. Yeah, I hate because even I know there's just some people that e- even if they they know in their head that like cussing really doesn't matter, they're they're just so trained by their upbringing that it just like automatically makes them think <laughs> different about a person. <gasps> yeah, exactly
1: yeah i'm like y'all this is a ugly disease like yeah man. true utter horror and um and if that kind of language is uh offensive it's throw to you, you off, then I then know.
0: i don't yeah i just don't know maybe I go just don't know maybe go check out that scientology rehab what is it Narcanon?
1: <laughs> is that a thing i don't know yeah it is
0: they, they've they've all of them have been getting sued like crazy
1: Oh for real!
0: Oh yeah, because it's they like they um, they hook you in as that this like new recovery program, and then when you get in there, you find out it's they just try to indoctrinate you with Scientology. <laughs> yeah.
1: And the next phase will be twenty thousand dollars. Exactly.
0: Years. What's my Phaeton level from smoking crack? <laughs>
1: Uh, congregation if you
0: know anyone that's gotten sober through scientology send us a twitter i would love to talk to you <laughs> oh,
1: my good god. lord what i do i want to talk to them
0: let me know how lord Zenu has helped you on your road to recovery please god you've been watching going clear with Leia remini no the chick from um uh king of queens kevin james's wife on that sitcom
1: oh yeah no
0: yeah she like bailed out of scientology and now she's like telling a bunch of stories about it it's really good actually
1: no way yeah dude those guys own like literally all of hollywood like the physical buildings and land they own like all like half of la it's crazy they um it's super
0: you should listen to the uh joe rogan just interviewed uh muscovich i don't remember his first name but he's the the ceo right now and rogan interviewed his dad it's a crazy story. His dad got out, but his son's still in charge, and it's nuts. That's
1: way crazy. Yeah. Did you get to hang out with some cool-ass people? Oh, and he... he, get, he like, the up to cool... a certain level. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and the
0: coolest thing, he said that, like, Tom Cruise is at a level. Like, Tom Cruise and John Travolta are, like, yeah. allow, they're allowed to murder, and, and they'll cover it up for him. Like, that's the what? level. That's the level of, of...
1: That's a level?
0: Yeah. Like, that. he's basically, like... If they murdered is someone, what, like, it, it would just be covered up, no questions asked.
1: Is this Grand Theft Auto in this bitch? Basically, like, so, and that's why he's saying
0: that's why he's saying, like, Tom Cruise will never leave, because, like, how why, like, he literally why has, like, carte you? blanche. People aren't allowed to, like, talk to him in any certain way. He's literally, like, it's, I feel bad and, for the dude, because he's going to be in a rude awakening when he dies.
1: And goes to hell.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Well, I yeah.
1: When his light, when his candle is extinguished,
0: when he doesn't achieve whatever, yeah, I he, I think Tom Cruise has to know it's bullshit, but he's just at a level because Don't they, they said
1: and like you have to buy you have to buy yeah you your, buy yeah.
0: yeah 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 and like they um because somebody made it to the last level and and all it was like he read it and it was like because they take you into this room um you like they give you a briefcase they handcuff it to you you have a key code on the briefcase you go into this reading room and it's only you and you open the briefcase and you read the the next level pamphlet or whatever and the guy read it and was like what is this bullshit it was just like nothing basically (laughs)
1: like yeah yeah, it's just
0: more of this like the next chapter in this weird science fiction story it's fucking crazy
1: that, that's what he was—a con man. He wrote and a, more and a science science fiction author.
0: He wrote more fiction than any human in history. He oh, I published know. more fiction than anyone else in the world ever.
1: Yeah. What? But his religion How do y'all is totally not legit. all know that it's a scam. Yeah. It's crazy. Just yeah. crazy. You know, we—I used to joke with an old boss that like, if we really wanted to get rich, we'd start a cult. It's true. Or, or a or a profit. Was our, was our job. get them. I'm, look, I'm looking
0: at you, uh, Red Cross. Yeah, for real. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we're throwing shade at uh, charitable organizations. So next time, hear us talk shit about the Salvation Army. I'm just kidding. I love them. They've provided me with clothes at many rehabs I've been in.
1: <laughs>
0: Salvation Army is legit, man.
1: They, are, they actually are legit. My grandfather, you know, has been very kind to them. They're a legit organization. Yeah,
0: they are. (laughs) Okay. Anywho, I'm gone. There's no good movies out out this this. weekend, but next weekend, we got Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and the weekend after that, we got Alien Covenant.
1: You know, this isn't going to come out. Oh, no, this is is coming out
0: tomorrow. Okay, gotcha.
1: Monday. Yeah,
0: so. Monday. You're right. um, Guardians of the
1: Galaxy 2, that sounds awesome.
0: John Wick. John Wick 2. Would cost a dollar each. Not happening. Congregation. John Wick, please, please.